the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Welcome to The Advocate with your host, Nick Phillips. And now, here's your host, Nick Phillips. Good evening, Cleveland. Nick Phillips with you with another edition of The Advocate. Thank you so much for joining us. Uh, Tonight in our first segment, we're going to be talking about uh, criminal law and uh, pretty much what we normally hear about criminal law is all the, the negative things about how bad criminals are, how bad the criminal rate is, our prisons, our police, and all of that. But uh, there, believe it or not, are some positive stories out there of people going through the system. Uh, with us tonight to talk about those issues is Cuyahoga County Common Pleas Judge Kathleen Ann Satula. Judge Satula, thank you for joining us. Thank you for having me, Nick. The pleasure to join you. That's I'm always interested in talking about the law. I know that, and it, it's good. We were talking uh, a week or so ago about is there anything positive to say uh, about uh, what's going on in the criminal justice world, and we got into talking about probation and some of the stories that you can share with us ab- about some positive things uh, in the probation. Now, normally, uh, we we hear about people going to court, uh, charged with criminal offenses, they enter a plea, and uh, they're put on probation, and their attorneys want to argue to have them on for the shortest possible time. Uh, you've been on the bench now for how many years? Twenty-seven and a half, Nick. So you started very, very young. Got on the bench in 1991 after being appointed by Governor George Voinovich, and I've been elected by the citizens of our county six times um, since that appointment. Well, congratulations, and thank you for your service and in, in doing this and coming back for more <laughs> all the time. Uh, <laughs> does, does it ever get really depressing? Um. Yes, uh, there are days that's very depressing um, when you see good people doing bad things, and it's very depressing when you see good people being injured um, by drunk drivers, um, guns, sometimes family members. It can be very depressing, um, but it also does have its rewards, and that's what you and I were talking about the other day. And um, that is that sometimes the people who come through the courts, whether I send them to prison or put them on probation, I actually change their lives um, for the better. And um, we don't always get to know that unless they write us a letter or a couple of weeks ago I was at the Cleveland Clinic and um, I was the power of attorney for someone having surgery and a person came up to me thinking I was the former mayor, Jane Campbell. Remember oh. Jane, Nick? <laughs> I do. That was years ago. <laughs> yeah. Well, I guess we had the same hairdo. Oh. <laughs> this person thought I was Jane Campbell and came up to me to say hello. And um, when I told him I was not Jane Campbell and I told him who I was, he blurted out that I had sentenced him to prison. Wonderful. That's and that I had given him problem. the maximum amount of time in prison. 
and uh, and so I asked him how he was doing today, and he said it was that he was doing wonderfully, and it was that I saved his life. And when I got back to the office, he wrote me a letter then telling me um, the same thing in the letter and more. And it was very rewarding, uh, a little scary to think that you can run into somebody on the streets that you sent to prison, but in this case, it was a very um, heartwarming uh, event for me, and he followed it up with a letter in writing. Um, and uh, I'll just, if I can, sure. I'll, I'm going to read you a few uh, things about this letter from him. Yep. It's good to hear how, on an individual basis, putting someone through the justice system actually has a positive effect on their lives. L- let's hear what he said. Okay. I'm going to read different parts of it. First of all, he said, if someone would have told me I would be hugging my sentencing judge one day, I would have called them every lie in the dictionary. But the God we serve has a different sense of humor. Would I have known you were my sentencing judge, I would have never had the courage to speak to you. Thank God for his sense of humor, and I was able to meet you on different terms. Our last encounter was on July 14, 1996. This is a day I will never forget. Not only was it the day of a new beginning, but it began my healing. The crime I committed is something I live with daily, which is a much tougher sentence than what you gave me. I wrote you a letter the day of my sentencing, but my letter was full with full remorse, but lacked taking personal responsibility. You then proceeded to admonish and advise me. You explained that all of my actions were intentional. The consequences may have been unintentional, but my actions leading up to the consequences were. Uh, He was a a person who was driving under the influence, and a person's life was lost due to his actions. Mm -hmm. And um, this is what he's referring to. Now he says, since my correction from the court, I've gotten married. I have two wonderful children. My oldest child, who was one year of age when I was sentenced, is graduating from college this year. I returned to college and graduated with honors, and I won Student of the Year in the process. I am now a proud employee for the city of Bedford Heights for 13 years. The unfocused 21-year-old that stood in front of you many years ago has learned from my mistakes, and he says this is a daily task, and I am now focused, determined, humble, educated, family-oriented, old man. Like any good medicine, it tastes terrible going down, but ultimately it is for your good. The sentence you gave me hurt going down, but ultimately it saved my life. It was for my good. And um, it's a well-written letter, isn't it, Nick? Yeah, it is. Well, it's certainly, you know, listening to the letter, it sounds like this not only got the message, they really were determined to turn their life around. And, And after all, that's what we hope for. But we never hear it really happening. Uh, when when you saw, were you able to recall this person uh, when, when you saw them? As as he talked to me there in the halls of the Cleveland Clinic, I did recall him once. Once he told me what I sentenced him to and what for, then I I totally recalled the case. Was there anything that you can think of that maybe triggered something other than him having to face the music and take on the responsibility? his actions 
that, uh, that, that you saw in him that would give you a hint that he might turn out so well and, and so accomplished with a family and job and so forth? Um, I did, at the time of it, I recall this case, and at the time of it, I did think that he did not have a, um, a bad record. He had somewhat of a record, but it was minor, and it was not violent. Um, so I didn't think that he was a hardened criminal, and I, I, I did think that he would come to true remorse uh, because a life was lost. And I don't think that was lost on him or his family. Um, but there are others that, um, you know, that led different kinds of lives and maybe no one was lost in the system. Um, but they they have turned their lives around. And, and I think the reason is, Nick, is because when I give them probation, especially when I give somebody probation, or when I give them prison, I let them know that there are opportunities for rehabilitation and that they should avail themselves of those opportunities, whether in or out of the system, because the community needs law-abiding, productive members of our society. Um, we have too many guns on the streets today. We have too many children being abducted, um, people being traded in uh, in the sex market uh, for drugs. And of course, we're in the middle of the largest epidemic um, of opiate addiction that we've ever mm -hmm. seen. Right. So I think that there's a lot of education going out there. And I think that when I tell them I'm going to spend five years helping them change their life, I think that with many of them strikes a chord that they should take advantage of that five years because I'm not just throwing them away in six months or one year. And of course, those who have family support are always um, good prospects for me to help change their lives because family support is so important. Um, well, well, this is uh, great insight and, and actually good advice for anyone listening out there, whether they're facing uh, criminal responsibilities or their lawyers and are going to be advising their clients on and how to accept their fate. I know as a lawyer, if you're ever involved in a criminal defense, the lawyer gets to go home at the end of the day, uh, whereas the client gets to stay with the state of Ohio for a long period of time. The, uh, the, the thought, by the way, we're talking to Judge Kathleen Ansatula, a common pleas judge in Cuyahoga County, and talking about uh, some, some of the good, at least a, one positive story here. How frequently does this happen? We have about a minute. Um, well, I, I was looking through my file when you mentioned this to me, and I came up with 42 letters um, just in 10 minutes. I haven't gone through all my files. And some of these are, as I said, from those in prison and some from probation. But my probationers, I would say every week I get um, at least one person that's graduating from my probation. So about 50 a year, I would say I'm getting out of maybe 400 cases. And these are the ones that write to me. There's more, but they, not everyone picks up a pen and paper and writes to me. Of course, of course, well. Actually, this is more encouraging. And when we talked uh, the other day about this, it was, it was refreshingly surprising that, uh, that people are actually turning around and coming back to society 
and living what we would consider a normal life. Judge Kathleen Ansatula, Common Police Court Judge here in Coyote County. Thank you so much for joining us tonight. Thank you, Nick. Have a good day. You too. We're going to take a short break. We'll be right back after these words. You didn't plan it this way. You spent your entire life being careful, protecting your body, and staying healthy when the carelessness of another changes your life forever. You need to know what is expected of you to prove your claim. You further have been changed forever. Know it is up to you to make your case. The lawyers at Phillips and Millie together have over 80 years of experience. If you have a case or think you may, call the law firm of Phillips and Millie at 440-243-2800. Hi, I'm Pat Lamb. Select Insurance Services is a family-run business and your personal shopper for auto, home, and business insurance. Plus, I'm Dave Ramsey's endorsed local provider. I think you'll agree, insurance is confusing, but at the same time, it's very important to your financial security. We believe insurance should be secured through a professional. Why? Because one wrong click in the do-it-yourself plan could cost you everything. Our approach stands out because we ask the right questions, listen to your personal situation, and share our knowledge to close potential coverage gaps. This is an experience a do-it-yourself plan can't provide. Did you know there could be a coverage gap when you drive someone else's car? So call us today, 440-237-8555, or check us out at selectinsservice.com. 440-237-8555, or selectinsservice.com. Hi, this is Nick Phillips, host of The Advocate. Pat Lamb and Select Insurance have been my insurance agents for years. Wonderful to work with and never a hassle. Call Pat Lamb at Select Insurance for your insurance needs. 50 cards, 50 questions. Hello, Mark Bush for just a conversation with you. Learn more about your loved ones by having the talk of a lifetime at your next family gathering. The deck of cards is offered free by Bush Funeral and Crematory Services. Request a deck of cards at bushcares.com backslash cards. 50 cards, 50 questions that will help you learn more about your loved ones. At Bush, we help families share memories. More than just a dentist, Dr. Carl Hedgie provides dental treatments for occlusions, TMJ problems, and for aesthetic rehabilitation. In dental practice for over 30 years, Dr. Hedgie has provided state-of-the-art dental treatment for all of his patients. Dr. Carl Hedgie is skilled at treating and resolving complicated dental problems. Located across from the North Royalton High School, call Dr. Hedgie's office for an appointment or visit his website at drhedgie.com. That's Dr. Carl Hedgie, H-E-G-Y-I at 440-237-3338 for the very best in dental care. Children, the product of a married couple who were once in love. Unfortunately, sometimes the marriage does not work and parents must get divorced. This is traumatic for the children as well as for the adults. The law firm of Phillips and Millie offers advice and representation in family law matters. Remember, your children are entitled to the utmost consideration when mom and dad have to part. Phillips and Millie, your local law firm on the west side of Middleburg Heights. Telephone 440-243-2800. Welcome back, Cleveland. Nick Phillips with you with another segment of The Advocate. Uh, the month of June inaugurates the season for hurricanes down in the Caribbean, but also thunderstorms and floods and all kinds of things that we might be faced with here up in the Cleveland area this summer. With us today, we're very pleased to have Anne-Marie Burkles, who is chairman of and commissioner of the U.S. Product Safety Commission. Uh, chairman Burkle, thank you for joining us today. 
you, Nick. Thanks so much for having me. Well, thank you so much. Uh, the um, U.S. Product Safety Commission, uh, just before we talk about storms and things, tell us a little bit about your job and your commission for those uh, listeners who aren't too familiar with it. The Consumer Product Safety Commission is a small, uh, independent regulatory agency, but we have a very large mission, and that's to keep the consumers safe from unreasonable risk of injury or death. And we have jurisdiction over um, 15,000 types of consumer products, many, many of the things people use. Um, But we're taking this opportunity in in our conversation today to talk about preparation for bad weather that may be coming our way. Uh, specifically because today is the beginning of the hurricane season for 2018. And we think the consumer can keep them and their their families safest if they prepare and they think ahead. Have the threats for big storms and hurricanes increased over recent years? Well, I think that um, what they're predicting for this year is what I, and what I know, um, is that it's going to be an active hurricane season. And I think... Uh, last year spoke for itself. It was a very active and very devastating hurricane season, and so I think it just is in everyone's best interest if we take a few minutes to prepare and make sure that we have what we need to keep our families safe during uh, one of these events. Well, well, up here in uh, the Cleveland area, northern Ohio, uh, typically if a hurricane comes in through the Gulf and sweeps up along the Mississippi uh, Valley and comes up into this area with a lot of rain, so we can see heavy flooding and uh, just other storms coming through. What are some of the precautions that we up here should be concerned about as far as uh, dealing with bad weather, heavy storms? So the, and, and that's a great point. Some folks have hurricanes, others have tornadoes, others have just have heavy rain events. But what ends up happening oftentimes is the power goes out and then the consumer needs to figure out what to do. And in many cases, consumers will use portable generators, which are a terrific um, device. They help to keep your family safe, but they must be used properly. And that's a lot of what we're talking about today is portable generator safety, making sure that device, the portable generator is at least 20 feet from your home, not your crawl space, not your porch, not your garage, but way away from the house so that the carbon monoxide that it emits won't injure or kill you or your family. And that's first and foremost. But beyond that, um, using candles. Uh, sometimes when power goes out, people use candles. Don't ever leave them unattended. But uh, today's conversation is more about preparation. So let's, how can we prepare? Make sure that portable generator is working well. Make sure your flashlights have batteries. Make sure your smoke detectors and your carbon monoxide detectors have batteries and that they will work in the event uh, of a power outage. Those kinds of steps, if if we do them now before the crisis uh, is upon us, uh, can really go a long way in keeping their families safe. Also, we can't overemphasize the fact that I think people take for granted that the uh, portable generators nowadays are so nice looking and so quiet looking that they run typically on gasoline and generate carbon monoxide. So, as you mentioned, keep them away from being too close to uh, the the living spaces is a good idea. What are some of the other hazards that uh, we'll be facing beside, you know, when the power goes off and beside needing electricity? Well, we see three, generally three hazard patterns. One is the carbon monoxide poisoning, and as 
we've talked about already, we see about 70 deaths a year from just from portable generators and carbon monoxide poisoning. But then there are fires. People use candles, they leave them unattended, they catch fire to things that may be near them. So fires are another issue. And then electrocution is yet another one with down power lines, with uh, using appliances that may have gotten wet, and then once the power goes on, uh, you can be electrocuted from that. We encourage people, uh, I know you're anxious to get your appliance back running, but make sure you have the gas or the electric company check it to make sure there wasn't any damage by the moisture. So those kinds of, those are the hazard patterns. But I would encourage your listeners to go to our website, dpsc.gov, and it has a safety education page, and they can learn about these hazards as well as many others. Um, and that's how, so much of what we do is just educate and raise awareness of some of these hazards um, that, that the American people can uh, can be exposed to, especially during one of these significant severe weather events. Now, now what all does the Consumer Pro- uh, Product Safety Commission do with regard to uh, sending us warnings on maybe generators that aren't that safe or other uh, other products that we might be running out to buy just before a big storm season? Well, a lot of what we do is behind the scenes, but we do work very closely. Um, most products have safety standards. We make sure the companies who make these products comply with those safety standards. And if they don't, we have um, a compliance component to our agency, and they deal with companies who uh, are making unsafe products and, and unsafe products, excuse me, companies report to us about unsafe products. So it's a very broad, um, we, we have a lot of activities and, and the one we're focusing on today is education because we think we can really help to keep consumers safe through a vigorous uh, uh, education program. And again, our website, cpsc.gov, safety education page, uh, so it's so helpful for a family to, to really inform themselves about these hazards and these risks. Uh, I know there's some other parts of the country here that uh, is going to be faced with hurricanes coming in. Uh, the situation there, does the government provide generators, or is this something that the individuals have and you're reaching out really at the individual grassroots level? Uh, it depends on the situation um, and how long the power is out. As you know, FEMA is pretty active. They're still down located in Puerto Rico. But um, uh, for right now, we're, we're really directing this conversation to consumers who have portable generators who may be buying them in order to prepare, just that they follow the warnings and follow the instructions of, you know, that come with that generator so that they can keep their family safe and avoid any carbon monoxide poisoning. It, it seems we've seen, I mean, we seem to be talking with such basic common sense. I, I recall some cases where people will have their generator set up in their house and uh, be running it uh, or having it too close to a window. Uh, those things are bad. So I suppose beside having a generator, make sure you have enough uh, heavy-duty extension cords to, to give you that space. Would that be a fair statement? Oh, exactly right. Make sure that a portable generator is at least... 20 feet away from your home uh, with, a, with that extension cord uh, to keep your family safe. And again, our website, cpsc.gov, I would strongly encourage your readers to go and avail themselves of the, so much information that's there about how to keep their families safe during this uh, upcoming hurricane season, tornadoes, and, and just uh, some bad weather. We have been speaking to Anne-Marie Burkle. 
who is the chairman and commissioner of the U.S. Product Safety Commission in Washington, D.C. The 2018 hurricane and severe storm season is upon us, and we can look forward to, among other things, power outages as these storms come rumbling through. Please stay safe, and if you are using a portable generator, remember the carbon monoxide danger created by operating a generator too close to your living space. Generator CO is a killer, and it kills people. Please don't be one of its victims. Some background on Chairman Burkle. She is a former member of the U.S. Congress for the 25th Congressional District in New York and served as United States Representative to the 66th session of the General Assembly of the United Nations. For other safety tips from the U.S. Product Safety Commission, go to their website, cpsc.gov, for more information. We'll be right back after this short break. You're listening to Nick Phillips here on WHK, The Advocate. Don't go away. Hi, I'm Pat Lamb. Select Insurance Services is a family-run business and your personal shopper for auto, home, and business insurance. Plus, I'm Dave Ramsey's endorsed local provider. I think you'll agree, insurance is confusing, but at the same time, it's very important to your financial security. We believe insurance should be secured through a professional. Why? Because one wrong click in the do-it-yourself plan could cost you everything. Our approach stands out because we ask the right questions, listen to your personal situation, and share our knowledge to close potential coverage gaps. This is an experience a do-it-yourself plan can't provide. Did you know there could be a coverage gap when you drive someone else's car? So call us today, 440-237-8555, or check us out at selectinsservice.com. 440-237-8555, or selectinsservice.com. Hi, this is Nick Phillips, host of The Advocate. Pat Lamb and Select Insurance have been my insurance agents for years. Wonderful to work with and never a hassle. Call Pat Lamb at Select Insurance for your insurance needs. You didn't plan it this way. You spent your entire life being careful, protecting your body, and staying healthy when the carelessness of another changes your life forever. You need to know what is expected of you to prove your claim. You further have been changed forever. Know it is up to you to make your case. The lawyers at Phillips and Millie together have over 80 years of experience. If you have a case or think you may, call the law firm of Phillips and Millie at 440-243-2800. How's your back? Every day, thousands of people suffer with unrelenting back pain that takes time from their normal life. Dr. Patrick McCluskey and his staff at the Timber Ridge Neck and Back Pain Clinic provide the helping hands to relieve those nagging pains. Located in North Royalton at Sprague and York Roads, schedule an appointment today with the Timber Ridge Neck and Back Pain Clinic by calling 440-884-0083 for an appointment. That's 440-884-0083. Just imagine being neck and back pain free. More than just a dentist, Dr. Carl Hedgie provides dental treatments for occlusions, TMJ problems, and for aesthetic rehabilitation. In dental practice for over 30 years, Dr. Hedgie has provided state-of-the-art dental treatment for all of his patients. Dr. Carl Hedgie is skilled at treating and resolving complicated dental problems. Located across from the North Royalton High School, call Dr. Hedgie's office for an appointment or visit his website at drhedgie.com. That's Dr. Carl Hedgie, H-E-G-Y-I at 440-237-3338 for the very best in dental care. Children, the product of a married couple who were once in love. Unfortunately, sometimes the marriage does not work and parents must get divorced. 
This is traumatic for the children as well as for the adults. The law firm of Phillips and Millie offers advice and representation in family law matters. Remember, your children are entitled to the utmost consideration when mom and dad have to part. Phillips and Millie, your local law firm on the west side of Middleburg Heights. Telephone 440-243-2800. Welcome back, Cleveland. Nick Phillips with you with another segment of The Advocate. Uh, in the next uh, couple of segments, we're going to be talking about uh, news and uh, what it is, uh, what's fake news, what it was. And uh, to help us talk about and explore those issues tonight, we have a former or even present uh, news photographer and uh, author, Tim Ortman. Tim, thank you for joining us. Well, you're welcome. It's great to be here. Yeah, I sort of stumbled up there. Uh, are you still working or are you retired? The last couple of years, I really kind of focused on getting this book together and uh, making it become uh, a thing. So um, I kind of paused uh, the my journalistic button there for a while, and uh, but I have been actively either working as a staff employee or as a freelancer uh, with the major news networks for over 30 years. Well, uh, you and I talked, uh, oh my... Uh, some days ago, we were talking about the idea of what is going on with news today and the concept of fake news and what what news can people rely on. And uh, your book, Newsreel, sort of takes a look back, almost a nostalgic look, at what it was like when we were able to count on the news. Uh, before we get into that and, and your, your observations, tell us a little bit about your background. You mentioned 30 years. Uh, where have you been? What have you done? Who have you worked for? That kind of stuff. Well, I was very fortunate. I, uh, as a very young cameraman, uh, I was working in Chicago for NBC, and I was uh, given a great opportunity. I was uh, promoted and sent uh, to join NBC News Overseas Bureau and to work as part of the uh, Foreign Press Corps, and that's what the book is about. Uh, I spent the book takes place during the '80s, and for me, that time started. Um, with the war in Lebanon and ended with the fall of communism. So it was a very tumultuous um, world news gathering time, and I enjoyed it very much. I Throughout that whole period, I developed a real sense of camaraderie with uh, the people I worked with and felt uh, really proud to be part of the NBC News team and the greater broadcast news business. And uh, as I was writing the book, looking back on that time, you know, I realized there's in the climate we're at right now. There's so much media passion going on, and I wanted to, in writing the book, remind people, remind the reader that in a free society like ours, it's really we're very fortunate. And it's really important to have a strong and independent news media. Yeah, if if I may, uh, on your book, on the back of the book, you have sort of a, a preface or a introduction where you talk about. What was going on as far as the news media at that time? And if I may just read, uh, read part of it here. Certainly. Uh, this was a time when the news landscape was owned by the big three networks, yet it was far from a monopoly. Each net fervently represented their own historic brand whose founders and stewards viewed news gathering and reporting as a sort of civic responsibility bestowed upon them by the FCC, who licensed their very existence. Uh, the news divisions, with their vast assemblage of domestic and international bureaus, were everywhere and anywhere news happened. 
Their fact-based reporting and broadcasting were, were void of the talk show opinions and interpretations so omnipresent today. Budgets were enormous because viewership was enormous. Everyone's set was tuned in to a national news uh, to get the straight scoop on, on what was happening in the world. Anchormen were more trusted than presidents. The reporting was riveting. The stories were real. Fake news was nowhere to be found. I, I mean, I couldn't have said that better. So that, that, that <laughs> When you read it, it sounds really uh, well-written, Nick. I appreciate <laughs> it. You, you wrote it very well. I mean, that really sum, summarizes what I think a lot of us are, are fretting about. Uh, we don't know what to believe anymore. Uh, we have so many news uh, outlets. It, it, it has definitely changed uh, since when I was a uh, 25-year-old cameraman overseas and covering the world. But um, I, I, when I, I didn't want to sound like uh, the grumpy old man, you know, life was better back then uh, because change is inherently good. And when you, you offer consumer more choice that's a good thing and whether you like it or not we can't go back in time we can't turn back the hands of time so this is what we've got uh but there is a huge difference between having three networks and say 300 channels and uh, in addition to that you've got a bunch of online sources many of which are just offering opinion or on, on the tv side a lot of talk show uh so it's becoming different and and it's almost incumbent upon the reader or the viewer to decipher what's more you know fact-based traditional news reporting which is still very much alive and well today it's just competing with an awful lot of um ancillary noise and uh uh, don't get me wrong i enjoy watching a talk show or an opinions as much as the next guy it's just that uh, there's a difference between um news and opinion well, well, that's true, and that's, <clears throat> at least in the past, when we were talking about uh, opinions uh, in the newscast, we were given fair warning. Uh, we would have a, a separate cut to somebody who was staring into the camera saying, this is commentary concerning this. Right. And uh, we, we didn't have to try to determine ourselves whether or not uh, this commentary was accurate or not, uh, or just an opinion. And when I say just an opinion, it depends on who's giving the opinion. Uh, nowadays, when people are giving me opinions of what's going on in the world one way or the other, they always seem to couch it in, in a very uh, slanted way to favor their thesis. And uh, I, I cannot help but whether if I have person A telling me one story, how bad that is, and then person B tells me the other, I can say the same thing to both, and that is, if that's true, that's very bad, because they always tell bad stories. <laughs> so. Well, that that is that is so true, and and when we we're talking about change, uh, I, uh, you know, there's a, an old um, Greek philosopher, 500 B.C., who made the comment: the only thing constant in life is change. So we we have to live with it. But I, I guess to live with it is to constantly be looking back and seeing what we had compared to what we have, and making sure that we're on the same page with uh, what what is really going on, and take it for what it's worth. Uh, it was um, it was certainly a simpler time, and I guess what we're what we're you know we're confronted with today is that we have so many choices of information, and that's the first hurdle is that yes, it can be confusing, but it's 
information, and we need to, as Americans, uh, to absorb that. We need to be enlightened and informed. I contend that if we're the most powerful nation on Earth, we certainly owe it to ourselves to be the most well-informed. So if, you know, it, it's one thing to, to be confused with all the different information that you're bombarded with, but it's better than not having any. And, uh, you know, I beg the next generation simply if they're just tuning out because they hear too much noise and they, they pick up their cell phone or their game console or whatever, and that's a, a worse option. We need to stay tuned in and uh, be informed. Well, I think with the controversial presidency of uh, President Trump, if nothing else, besides, uh, you know, I, I mentioned, I think, in our conversation before the uh, paradox of uh, the the controversial nature of how President Donald Trump communicates with people and makes statements and is utilizing technology with Twitter all the time. This is so extraordinary and new and different. Yet, on the other hand, we're having positive things with the economy and uh, as far as international things with North Korea, it remains to be seen, but seem to be moving in a positive direction. The, the thought is... Um, Everybody, I think, has an opinion now as to what's going on with uh, the presidency, with the United States government generally. And I, I think from a democracy standpoint, it seems like uh, everyone has a heightened awareness. Uh, everyone seems to have an opinion about what uh, President Trump's doing today or did yesterday. So I that's think true. in that sense, that's, that's a good thing. I, I think, well, I... I want your listeners to be aware that the, you know the book is not a referendum on president trump it's not an attack or a defense of him it's a defense of the news media which has recently been i think um maligned and attacked but uh correct it's the, like every presidency i mean it's part of the job of the news media is to cover the president you know that's that's one of their roles uh and in in like every presidency there's good and bad that, that comes out of it so uh, but it, it does from my perspective it, op- it monopolizes an awful lot of our air time our airwaves and while it's necessary that we cover washington dc i it's my opinion that there's too much news coming out of washington dc i spent you know a long time covering news on five different decades and i'm a big world news uh, proponent so i think um, the, the diplomatic talks out of North Korea or the Iranian uh, deal. There, there's news all over the globe, and mm-hmm. I like it when we, when we spread it out. Well, we're, we're going to get back. We're talking to Tim Ortman uh, uh, basically about the news and what is going on with the media. We're going to take a short break. We'll be back. You're listening to Nick Phillips here on WHK Cleveland. We'll be back after these words. Don't go away. You didn't plan it this way. You spent your entire life being careful, protecting your body, and staying healthy when the carelessness of another changes your life forever. You need to know what is expected of you to prove your claim. You further have been changed forever. Know it is up to you to make your case. The lawyers at Phillips & Millie together have over 80 years of experience. If you have a case or think you may, call the law firm of Phillips & Millie at 440-243-2800. 
Hi, I'm Pat Lamb. Select Insurance Services is a family-run business and your personal shopper for auto, home, and business insurance. Plus, I'm Dave Ramsey's endorsed local provider. I think you'll agree, insurance is confusing, but at the same time, it's very important to your financial security. We believe insurance should be secured through a professional. Why? Because one wrong click in the do-it-yourself plan could cost you everything. Our approach stands out because we ask the right questions, listen to your personal situation, and share our knowledge to close potential coverage gaps. This is an experience a do-it-yourself plan can't provide. Did you know there could be a coverage gap when you drive someone else's car? So call us today, 440-237-8555, or check us out at selectinsservice.com. 440-237-8555, or selectinsservice.com. Hi, this is Nick Phillips, host of The Advocate. Pat Lamb and Select Insurance have been my insurance agents for years. Wonderful to work with and never a hassle. Call Pat Lamb at Select Insurance for your insurance needs. More than just a dentist, Dr. Carl Hedgie provides dental treatments for occlusions, TMJ problems, and for aesthetic rehabilitation. In dental practice for over 30 years, Dr. Hedgie has provided state-of-the-art dental treatment for all of his patients. Dr. Carl Hedgie is skilled at treating and resolving complicated dental problems. Located across from the North Royalton High School, call Dr. Hedgie's office for an appointment or visit his website at drhedgie.com. That's Dr. Carl Hedgie, H-E-G-Y-I at 440-237-3338 for the very best in dental care. Children, the product of a married couple who were once in love. Unfortunately, sometimes the marriage does not work and parents must get divorced. This is traumatic for the children as well as for the adults. The law firm of Phillips and Millie offers advice and representation in family law matters. Remember, your children are entitled to the utmost consideration when mom and dad have to part. Phillips and Millie, your local law firm on the west side of Middleburg Heights. Telephone 440-243-2800. Hello, Mark Bush for GreaterThanHeroin.com. Our nation, our state, our county, and our local communities are in the midst of this crisis. It saddens us at Bush. We see firsthand the final outcome impacting families when overdose deaths occur. GreaterThanHeroin.com is a resource for everyone. Join us in our efforts. Email feedback at greaterthanheroin.com to help us defeat this crisis. Welcome back, Cleveland. Nick Phillips with you for our final segment of The Advocate for tonight. We've been talking to Tim Ortman, author of the book News Reel, and uh, Tim has been working for over 30 years as a cameraman with the National News uh, networks and is talking about what's going on with news today and uh, where are we? And that's a good question. Tim, before we talk about where are we, in your experience when you're there, where were we? Uh, where it seems we're really in the past dealing with fact-based reporting with a lot less commentary. Well, the book takes place um, as I mentioned in the 80s and the structure of the networks was different. They had bureaus everywhere in every major city and every capital around the world. So it was a very uh, global reach, but we were very nimble. We could be uh, anywhere news was breaking, and uh, that was the case. I remember uh, the BBC had broken a story about a, um, a horrible famine that no one had heard about in Ethiopia, and um, we mobilized and got down there 
very quickly at NBC. We were the first American network on the ground, and just getting to Ethiopia was a challenge. Getting to this remote, impoverished uh, part of um, that country uh, where the famine was was happening was a real challenge. But we made our way to this um, barren desert landscape and uh, to meet with the aid workers who had set up refugee camps to greet the the suffering. And we were ill prepared for what we saw. We um, we flew in with a, our little bush pilot and came over a ridge and saw this massive, massive makeshift refugee camp. A couple of ragged tents were there. Um, thousands and thousands of people, the sick and dying, were just everywhere. And what little aid the aid workers had, they were trying to distribute to to the people who had cl- you know crawled through the desert for days and weeks to get water or a little grain. It was horrible. And um, but we recorded those those images and made those reports and uh, got the word out and uh, soon a very benevolent world uh, donated a lot. I think the United States donated President Reagan and Congress uh, immediately donated $400 million in aid and uh, there were concerts in London and Philadelphia, the Live Aid concert. So it really did uh, there was a huge outpouring from around the world. Even with that there were still a estimates range that there were like 5 million that perished a horrible death because of this famine. But it's an example of how, you know, without patting ourselves on the back, how news media can really make a uh, make a difference and a positive effect on a, a horrible situation. Well, I can I can see how it develops a feeling of community. Uh, we were involved in several uh, high here in our law practice over the years and did a lot of work with the media. And uh, at the time when tragedy strikes, uh, the media is out there uh, usually on the same page that the rest of us are. I mean, there's the, they always say thoughts and prayers and kind of thing, but there's sort of a uniform feeling of humanity that uh, sort of runs the whole show when people are operating in good faith. Um, One of the things I noticed from going back from your time back in the 80s, the transition that's occurred is that the number of cable stations, the number of news networks, the number of hours and minutes uh, of every day that need to be filled with something uh, seems to have uh, impacted what we're listening to and and makes it uh, all the more difficult to figure out what's being said out there. Like you mentioned, all the noise we get. Uh, How Looking back and, and looking right now at to where we are, What's the best way we as um, listeners, as consumers of news, how can we tell what's uh, what's real and what's fake uh, and what what's going on? We, we can't uh, keep spending time trying to analyze and, and figure out what's one to do. It is a challenge, and I wish I had uh, more answers than I do. One of the reasons I entitled the book News Real, spelled R-E-A-L, is to address the phenomenon of fake news. And um, too often, I think, that term, fake news, is applied as a a smokescreen or a diversionary tactic Mm -hmm. to news that, at its heart, is factually based, but it may not be flattering or complimentary, so they want to label it fake and distract the viewer or or the reader and move their attention elsewhere. So I'm hesitant to use... The, the term fake news certainly it exists and especially online i think you have to be a little careful in what you're reading online because a lot of those stories 
is most of the stuff that you see is is just regurgitation or generate you know from other news sources or worse created by you know trolls or robots and, and just delivered with an algorithm so i think you're right we we do have to be careful about what we what we read and what we listen to and and the 24-hour news cycle is was meant to give more choice to us, the viewers and the listeners. But oftentimes, it just ends up creating more noise. Oh, I I, I agree. I mean, how many times do you turn on a uh, news channel on cable, and you see the uh, the banner "Breaking News"? Well, it's like almost every day, every hour, there's something <laughs> exactly. breaking. There can't be that much breaking news out there. There, there right? can't. I mean, it, it all goes to the definition. Like, what is the definition of fake news? And, and I'm sure that 10 different people can define fake news 10 different ways. Um, and, and part of the problem is that when we're confronted with these stories that tend to make things seem so bad, uh, leaning toward whatever direction whoever wants to have you lean, uh, there's always that pesky thread of truth in it that makes it sound so believable. And the other thought is when they add additional information, which may or may not be truthful, uh, it, it really nails down their theory. So uh, I, you and I talked days ago about the, the old Walter Cronkite days, like the network times that you were working with, how right. different things were. So it, it's still something. Uh, what do you hear for us here in, in the world of news consumers boy I wish I had an answer for you um, I, I'm, I'm gonna stay tuned I, I'm a creature of habit so I enjoy every night at 6:30 if I'm near a TV to to watch Lester Holt and NBC nightly news or when I get up in the morning I'll watch the first half hour of the Today show but there's so much you know we demand everything on demand immediately especially the, the generation now they want it delivered when they want to consume it. So that's making it increasingly uh, difficult to keep track of everything. But uh, that, like, you can't put the journal, the journalistic genie back in the bottle. It's no, you, you can't. The landscape in which we live. So um, I, I think the glass is half full, not half empty. And I look at, there are still... Pulitzer Prize is being handed out for excellence in journalism, and there's still Edward R. Murrow uh, Emmy Awards and Peabody Awards being handed out uh, for very deserving broadcast journalists. So there is a lot of really good fact-based journalists being practiced today. It just is a, there's an awful lot of competition, no, and it is absolutely. a challenge to try and... And you have to find it. You have to find out who they are. And uh, I... My thought is is that all of us, if we're going to stay engaged with what's going on in the country, and, and I think, again, more than ever, we've had, we have more people engaged in what's going on, we have to be aggressive and thoughtful viewers and uh, sort of look around and see who are the reporters who we can trust, who have been proven to uh, basically been been truthful. You mentioned uh, what, what do you do in the morning. Lester Holt, uh, we love watching NBC News with Lester Holt in the evening. And like you say, that that first 15 minutes will give us anything that's really happening will be there. The, the Today Show uh, and these morning shows are produced by the news departments. And in the first 17 minutes, we get the highlights of what's going on in the world. Then after that, after the weather, 
We end up getting things like uh, celebrity interviews, how to shampoo. Kind of thing. <laughs> and uh, we, we, I think I saw that this morning. <laughs> <laughs> so we, we, we flip off of that uh, after the first, uh, like you say, by around 7.20 in the morning, you're done with uh, knowing anything that's going on. I, I remember uh, back on 9-11 in 2001 watching the Today Show when I think it was Michael Jordan coming back to play professional basketball was the, the lead story. And uh, as that, that happened, uh, I, I said to my wife specifically, looks like all is well in the world. Little did I know. Wow. Uh, and uh, the, uh, that was uh, those horrible, horrible images, uh, unforgettable, and it certainly changed our, our lives. One thing with the media, once you see it, you can't unsee it. And uh, that's that's what happens. Anyway, uh, we're out of time, but uh, Tim Ortman, we'll we'll contact you again to have you on again talking about some other media issues because it's a, it's like you say an ongoing story. Thank you for joining us. Thanks for having me, Nick. I appreciate it. Thank you, and thank you for listening. We'll be back next week, same time, same station. So between now and then, have a great week. Good night. Nothing to do until morning And only my mind for company Three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.